to the new John Simmons Show. After years of battling a gambling addiction, John found a hope and a future for his life through Christ. He has spent the last several years encouraging others to find joy, peace, and hope in their lives by walking out God's plan for their lives. Now, John wants to help you find the passion, vision, and faith you need to start writing out God's sentence for your life and help you add to it every day. Four lines are now open. Call or text 314-880-0808. Now, here is your host, the new John Simmons. everybody welcome it's the new john simmons show where you can find god's sentence for your life and become the new you where we talk about finding passion vision and faith in your walk with christ so that your life can overflow with joy peace and hope today as always we're streaming live on facebook search for the new john simmons as well as on youtube you can also text in 314 314- 880-0808 is the number to text in tonight. You can also leave comments on our social media. We'll be able to uh, interact with you as the show progresses. Tonight's conversation, why do we hate our jobs? Why do we hate our jobs? A common American sentiment. Uh, a couple recent surveys came out that I wanted to go over tonight. And as I was going through some of the the historical surveys of the last, you know, 10 or 20 years. This has been a thing for a long time. Americans as a whole, a majority of them just don't like their jobs. And so we'll get into some of the reasons why people hate their jobs tonight. We'll also talk about uh, how we can find a job we love. And then we'll discuss, uh, you know, what does our purpose here on earth supposed to look like biblically? How are all of these things tied together? I think it'll be some interesting stuff because, you know, for many of us who go to work and we just sort of dread it and we just aren't excited to go, the paychecks aren't big enough, the time is always wrong, you know, we miss things that are important to us because we got to go to work, we work with a bunch of dummies or whatever the problems are with our jobs, whether it's back-breaking work or irritating work or something in between. 70% of Americans, it says in a recent Gallup study, have uh, negative feelings, negative feelings against their jobs. And so uh, I want to go over some of the reasons why here with you now. This will be sort of our first segment. Why do we hate our jobs? Why do you hate your job? Just sit here with me for a second and sort of contemplate, oh, I know there's a lot of reasons. Uh, There's a lot of reasons I hate my job. I don't hate my job. Americans do. I have have hated my jobs in the past. There's been plenty of jobs. And so let's just go down the list here. Jobs that I've had that I've hated, every single one of them before I found Christ. Uh, Every single job that I had before I found Christ, except dealing poker. Uh, I love dealing poker, but it also fueled my addiction. So I think there was some cross-contamination there. It wasn't because I loved the job. It was because I loved being around the thing that I was addicted to problem gambler for 10 years but i worked at some other places besides the casinos i started working in high school on a worker's permit back when i was in high school you could work at 14 and a half on a worker's permit on the weekends so as soon as i was able to 
I got a job. Of all places, it's funny now, it really wasn't known as this super Christian place yet when I started working there. It was Chick-fil-A. My very first job was working the cashier at Chick-fil-A at Northwest Plaza in St. Louis. This mall does not exist anymore. In fact, in St. Louis, Chick-fil-A's, there was only a handful of them, and they were only in the strip malls, or not the strip malls, inside the malls, inside the suburbs and the surrounding counties of the area. So I think there was five or six Chick-fil-A's at different malls. Jamestown Mall, there was one. It's not there no more. Northwest Plaza, there was one. Uh, Northwest Mall in general isn't there no more. Uh, none of uh, West County has, I think, and maybe there's another mall here in St. Louis still, Chesterfield, maybe that still has the Chick-fil-A's standing up. But for a long time, that was the only way you could get Chick-fil-A. Nowadays, you drive down. In fact, they just built one on Hampton where our studios are located just down the street. You can get Hampton here at work every day if you want now. Just pull on in. But back in the day, wasn't known for being this big Christian restaurant. It was more of a the chicken place, and it was not as popular as it was today. It is today. There's not one popping up on every corner in our city. Anyway, that was my first job. I hated it. Why did I hate my job there? Well, let me tell you one of the jobs that I had that, uh, you know, they, they, you get a worker at your at your job. And you get you get one of the, the menial workers, right? You get, one, whether it's a young kid or an entry-level position, and you give them the jobs that nobody wants, right? You go pick up the coffee. You go pick up everybody's lunch. You sweep up the mess. You pick up after everybody. For me, the job that I hated at Chick-fil-A, I mean, absolutely hated it. Uh, was cutting and squeezing the lemons. You ever had a fresh squeezed lemonade at Chick-fil-A? Yeah, I probably made you one. <laughs> if you were ever at Northwest Plaza and got a lemonade at Chick-fil-A, that was probably me who helped prepare it back in the early 90s. This thing was, it, it, the process may have changed now, but they do fresh squeezed lemonade at Chick-fil-A. And back in the day when I was working there, they would, you know, they'd ship you these huge boxes of lemons. You know, there'd be hundreds of lemons in a box, and they would want you to cut and squeeze several of these boxes. So maybe four or five or six of these boxes because they go through a lot of lemonade in a day. And it's just lemonade, sugar, and water. That's it. That's all in these drinks. And so you have to get a lot of lemon juice to facilitate the need of all these lemonades. So um, they just, for my shift, if I wasn't on the cashier, they'd say, all right, go, go squeeze them lemons and they had this contraption of a lemon squeezer i know i'm going on about this but i know all of us have something in our jobs we don't like right so you can you can probably relate to something at least in your own life to what i'm talking about just something you just really don't want to do at your job and this was mine they had this old school squeezer it was like and it was a a restaurant quality one in the sense that it was real fast and it was real loud and it went you know it was very efficient it wasn't like something you'd put on your in your counter at, at home. This thing was, you know, three feet tall. You really had to put your elbows into it. But as soon as you put that lemon, it was zoom and done. And it was ripped out and the juice was flowing down. But you had to put your hand in there. And if you if you if the lemon slipped, because it gets slippery, all that juice in there, if the lemon slips out of your hand or if something happens, the lemon can slip out. It can cut your hand. There was all sorts of incidents, not like fatal ones, but, you know, you get little slips and cuts and you get... Lemon juice in the cuts. Oh, my gosh. Those are the worst days. <laughs> you get seeds popping out and hitting you in the eyeball. This job was not my favorite. 
and imagine doing that 700 times a day, squeezing a lemon. Uh, oh, I won't be drink. I don't order lemonade at Chick-fil-A any, anymore, by the way, uh, even though it's, it is delicious. Uh, I'll get a soda. Not as, not as many young kids were injured in the making of my soda as they were in your lemonade. Jobs you hate. That was part of a job I hate. Now, I actually liked my job at Chick-fil-A because they let me work when a lot of other people didn't. And uh, my heart was for working. I mean, from the minute I realized I could make money and spend my money on whatever I wanted, as a kid was really, I mean, it, it was a motivation for me. So as soon as I was 14 and a half, I got that worker's permit when I was 16, and they sort of gave me free reign to apply and work the hours that I was able to outside of school. I went and I worked I full-time at Dairy Queen by the time I was 16 and a half. Worked at Denny's the same time. At one point, I was sporting three jobs, Chick-fil-A, Denny's, and Dairy Queen. I was working all the time. If I wasn't at school, I was working. In fact, my senior year of high school, I entered the school program where you could leave work. You could leave school at noon to go work full-time job. Like it was like a work – like you're in prison or something, like a work release program. But uh, – so I did that. I was working full-time hours when I was in high school for a couple of years, my junior and senior year. Saved up a bunch of money, and that's sort of what led to my demise uh, when my addiction popped up because that money came in handy to fuel my uh, first days of my addiction. But we're talking about jobs we hate here, not, not reasons we got addicted to stuff. Uh, why do we hate our jobs? There's lots of reasons to hate your job. Uh, it's hard work. I didn't like cleaning the dishes at Denny's, I'll tell you that. You know, I like eating at Denny's. It's a good price. It's sometimes good food, uh, but... If you're in the back and you're next to that smelly sink in that trash can with everybody's scraps in it, ooh, Lord, help me out of here. I think I was even praying back then, even before I believed in Jesus. I was back there praying at the it, when I was watching those dishes back at Denny's in the Denny's days. I was also a hotel housekeeper for a while. Oh, yeah, the fanciest hotel, Super 8. Uh, my, uh, my mom in Michigan uh, became a general manager of one, and so when my brother got married, I was living with him for a little while, and he wanted me to go live with mom after his honeymoon so he could have some alone time with his new wife before I lived with them for a while. And uh, so I was not excited about that, but we went. And so I got a job up there in the summer while I was there with my mom at the Super 8 cleaning these nasty, dirty, smelly hotel rooms. And they, they, the smoking hotel rooms are the worst, where they have the parties the night before. I mean, you can just imagine all of the debauchery and all the grossness. Really, the the, the smoking, uh, I was a smoker at the time, so the smoking itself didn't bother me, but it's the mess that the smokers leave behind, uh, especially if you've been drinking like I used to back in the day. You're not concerned where the cigarette lands or where the ashes are, and that was stuff that I had to deal with as a hotel house, housekeeper, you know, dealing with the dirty sheets. And let me tell you, uh, some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes at a hotel I, I stay at the better places now. I uh, I will spend a couple extra dollars to uh, get a hotel staff that cares about whether or not my room's clean. Yeah. Lord forgive me for anything I may have done. Uh, I didn't. I did learn, and one of the things I do like about my my hotel housekeeping experience, I learned how to do those sharp corners. You know, on the beds when they got them sharp corners, and uh, the, it feels like the sheets have been vacuum sucked onto the. Uh, Onto the bed. Yeah, I learned how to do that. I was, I'm pretty good at it. Uh, my wife would say I'm not, but I believe that if I had to uh, put a gun to my head, I could do them fancy sheets again. 
We all have reasons to hate our jobs, and that's what we're talking about tonight. I want to encourage you, if this is what you're dealing with today in your job, if you're have, you know, even though it's sort of funny to talk about me and my past right now, it's not necessarily funny for you to have to wake up and go to this and deal with your problem, whatever your problem is, whatever your lemon-squeezing problem is, every day. It's very difficult. It drags on us. It brings down our spirit. It hurts us in regards to our relationships because you'll start lashing out at family and friends because you had a bad day at work. You get frustrated because you don't know how to get ahead or how to move forward or how to make things better. And maybe sometimes we try and it doesn't work out. So I wanted to go over here in the first segment some of the reasons 70% of those surveyed in this recent Gallup poll either hate their jobs or completely disengage. So you either just can't stand it and you're willing to talk about it or you don't necessarily hate it, but you get there and you just don't really eh, you don't really care. You're not there to make the company better necessarily. You're there for your paycheck. You're not necessarily listening in the meetings. I remember when I worked at the casino, they would have uh, quarterly, they'd have a huge meeting where they'd bring in all 2,000 of the employees and they'd have a big presentation. And man, everybody would be zoned out at these things. No one would be paying that much attention to what was going on unless they were talking about raises, which wasn't happening. You know, they were talking about how we could act better, how we could talk better, how we could be more efficient. At our, people would zone out immediately in these things. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about being disengaged. You don't really care. It's you know, if they were talking about you know how you could get a million dollars, you would your ears would poke up. If they were talking about you know giving you free health insurance, your ears would poke up. Why do we hate our jobs? Well, Jim Clifton, who is the Gallup chairman and CEO, said in a statement that uh, poor management was one of the leading causes for employee disengagement, being having a leader that isn't a good leader, whether it's the boss of the company or just, you know, a manager who oversees your specific section or your department or your, you know, your little labor force. Those surveys complained of the (laughs) bosses from the pits of hell. Uh, who ignored talent and didn't cultivate growth. These are the sort of the top-tier reasons for why people hate their jobs. They don't think their bosses are effective uh, in seeing, and, and maybe this is probably an internal thing here, they don't recognize how good I am. They don't see how good I am. I'm the best person here. I would think that many of us have this heart that says we can do better than that, and I'm no different. I think that I can walk into any place and make it better. But when I got into, I thought that before I knew Christ. Uh, when I got into Christ, I realized that <laughs> I thought that for the wrong reasons. I thought that I could make things better because I'm good and I'm smart. But I was the same guy who was in the meeting zoning out, not listening. I was the same guy who wasn't very excited to be there. I was there for a paycheck. So how, how am I really going to affect positive change if I'm the guy who doesn't care? I may think I'm the smartest person in the room. And I may be willing to yell about how awesome I am. But if I really don't care about that job or making it better, how on earth can I actually do the things that I'm saying I should be able to do? Yet, when I found Christ and that humility shows up, man, that pride will knock you down. And that's why I was very prideful about my attitude in my job because I'd been working hard my whole life, 14 and a half. I was a hard worker. I'm not afraid of hard work. But when I realized that I had issues in my own heart as far as my motivation for work, I wasn't, I had always worked for money. I mentioned this in the very beginning. My position in life was to work so I could get money so that I could buy stuff for who? Myself. 
And when I got knocked down and had to repent of my sins and realize that I was doing things, you know, differently than the Bible asks of me, and God started showing me some of the issues in my heart when, in regards to my job, specifically my job right now is what we're talking about. I was a bad worker before. I, I didn't care about the overall health of any place that I was at. I didn't care about the people I was there. I was one of those guys who would have never, ever, ever switched shifts for you because you needed help. And that, that messes up my schedule. And, it, but I'd be the first guy to ask 100 people, you know, if I made plans on the weekend, I need to take Friday off. Nowadays, you'll find me, you know, if I'm able to, to help anybody out because that's just, it's a nice thing to do. It's, 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 it's better for everybody, right? Not doing it necessarily because I'm a Christian, but it helped when Christ showed up into my life to sort of show me some of the things that I was doing wrong. And this was one of those areas. Another big area was being engaged. 50% of Americans, according to the survey and several others that I've looked at, you know, these numbers are similar, if not identical, Talk about people who are just not engaged at their job. They're just not interested in what's happening. They're not interested in the success. They're not interested in knowing why the bosses send down the memos that they do and have the direction for the company that they do. They just sort of show up and they press the button or they write the letter or they write the email or they call the number that they're supposed to call or they go pick up the whatever they're supposed to pick up and they go home. They're not really engaged. They're sort of going through the motions. So this is why people hate their job because they're not engaged. Why people hate their jobs? They're not engaged. They think the boss is ignoring them, not allowing them to grow in their gifts and talents. Well, most people don't know what their gifts and talents are. Most people think they're talented. Again, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's that pride thing again. I don't think I could ask anybody on the street and say, hey, do you got talents? And they'd be like, nope. <laughs> we all think we're good at something. But do we recognize what we're good for in our job? I was squeezing lemons at Chick-fil-A. And I always thought, oh, I could be the manager of this Chick-fil-A. But I didn't possess the skills necessary to do that job well. I just thought I should be in that position because I thought I was good enough. It wasn't for a motivation or a you know a realization that I had special gifts and talents, whether I believed God gave them to me or I was just naturally born with them. I thought that I should have that position because I was good enough in my heart. I wasn't. You know, I, you have to build up skills and realize what you're good at. You can't just throw anybody into a management position. I mean, this is why this list was created and why everybody hates their jobs and say their bosses aren't doing well. People are being promoted from within a company, and most of the time those promotions don't come alongside management training. You know, if you're, especially if you're growing up in a company that doesn't have a bunch of MBAs in business and, and management, so you have people who are not necessarily good at educating people on what to do. You might have a – here's an example. The world's greatest engineer, he's able to figure out how to make things work within a company, and he gets promoted to management of the engineers. Now, he has no personal experience. He has no way to communicate that's effective because he's good at tinkering. He's good at figuring problems out, but he's not good at showing and directing his team on what to do that's more effective in their jobs and help them become engaged in their jobs. And so it just it's this sort of cycle of bad decisions. So there's reasons that we hate our jobs. These are just some of the reasons. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure you can tell me uh, the list. Here's some of the further down the list. These Gallup polls said that, you know, dissatisfaction, anger, 
A big one is boredom. <laughs> Many of us get bored. We start watching TV. Or nowadays, of course, it's always Facebook and Instagram and all the stuff that sort of keeps our attention. What did we do before phones? What did we do when we were bored at work? Uh, did we read? I, I, don't, I don't know. If you know the answer to that, feel free to text in what we did <laughs> in our job. What did we do? Uh, I used to smoke a lot, but I don't smoke anymore. I don't remember what I did when it was slow times. I'm just thinking about that. I'm curious now. Uh, because of everyone's dissatisfaction, anger, and boredom at work, study says that uh, close to 500, listen to this, $500 billion is lost per year due to lost productivity, stolen goods, and missed days of work. Because people who hate their jobs, what do they do? They call in, they don't show up, they quit. $500 billion of people who lost productivity because <laughs> employers are paying them to watch TV. Uh, they're stealing stuff from the break room because no one's looking and, and they're not showing up to work because they don't want to. Why do we hate our jobs? I think these are some great reasons, and I'm going to talk about what we can do to not hate our jobs when we come back. I want to talk about also what what does a biblical job look like and what does God say about our position and working for a living Encouragement is on the way. Don't go away. You're listening to the new John Simmons part of the Testimony House Network. Want to start writing or add to God's sentence for your life? Want to learn what that means? Visit newjohnsimmons.com for articles and videos that can help you find a future and a hope for your life today. Now, back to the new John Simmons Show. We're back here on the new John Simmons Show. It's part of the Testimony House Network. All of our post articles, past shows available on newjohnsimmons.com. You can also stream live right now on Facebook. Search for the New John Simmons Show. You can also connect with us on social media at New John Simmons, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and the like. That's how you stay connected with the show. Talking about why do we hate our jobs tonight? Recent Gallup poll discusses 70% of Americans hate their jobs. Hate them. Either hate them or disengage with them. We've talked about some of the reasons people tend to hate their jobs in the last segment. This segment, we're looking forward towards what do jobs sort of look like in the Bible? What do, or what does, rather? What does God have to say in the area of work? Well, from the very beginning, after the fall of man, we see in Genesis that Adam was told he was going to have to sweat by his brow. He was going to have to work for his food. And so that's why we have a hard life in our work field nowadays. Uh, it is because of the fall of man, it's because of sin that we have a hard time working. That we have to, I mean, it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be a hard time, but there's a reason that we have to sweat. Sometimes there's a reason that it's hard to get ahead. Sometimes there's a reason for these things. It's because of sin, you know. And so we have to find a way to overcome this sin in our lives and be able to find a job that we like, even if it's difficult, even if it's hard work. Proverbs says there's profit in hard work, meaning there is value in doing hard work, whether it's financial or personal gain. These things can come from doing hard work. So I wanted to you know, just talk just biblically from a, from a sense of what does a job look like today for us 
according to God, what should it look like? Well, the Bible says in Ephesians 4, 28, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. I want to talk about what it means, John 10.10, when the Bible tells us that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal our lives, kill our lives, destroy our lives, steal from them. So many things he's trying to do to get us away from God's will in our lives. When it's God's will that allows hope to show up in our hearts, that allows the right job to show up, that allows the right attitude to show up. When the devil is stealing things from our lives, we don't sometimes see that it's happening. And I believe in the area of our job, this is one of these big issues. I mean, if you're talking about 70% of Americans don't like their jobs, they don't either realize that the devil is stealing it or they don't recognize that it's the devil. Either one. Because you may not believe in the devil. That doesn't make it any less true that he's you know making you hate your job. You just don't recognize him as the the one doing it. You might even blame God for having a terrible job. But the truth is, it's because we aren't looking at our lives and why we should have a job that we love and what a job we love looks like. If I asked you and said, hey, I had the power to give you the best job you've ever had, would you know immediately like the job that you want? If so, why aren't you pursuing that? Let's start there. So you want a job you don't hate? How about you pursue the one that you really want? You say, well, I don't have the time. I'm not good enough for those things. Well, can you do something like that? Can you do something in that field? Have you ever pursued it? If you have and it hasn't worked out, why did you stop? The Bible talks about perseverance and working over, you know, and overcoming obstacles in our path. I think that's sort of heavy-handed here to just sort of be like, just do it. But the the thing that I'm trying to bring to our attention here is that most of us don't even realize that we can leave the job that we hate. Now, I'm not asking you to leave the job you hate today. We want to get a plan in place for finding God's sentence for our life, asking God what his plans are, what his perfect job is, the area of which my gifts are suited, and then go and do that. But for most people... They don't even know what they want to do with their lives. We see this all over the world. Specifically, to use the best example, in my opinion, school, college. I've read statistics and studies that say 50% of college students don't know what their graduate major is going to be when they start. So you start paying, you know, you, you get a school loan. 20 grand, 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand, so that you can go to school to study what? Well, I'm not sure yet. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> if I, if you bought cars, would any of us buy cars Is that if that was the method which you did it? Like, we gave you the money to buy a car, but we wouldn't tell you what car it was until, you know, halfway into your loan. That That's not how, we you know, we want the car now. We get in the car today. We drive it off the lot today. We don't wait three years and then figure out which car we want. But for our students, they're going to school. 
and they have no idea what they want to do when they graduate. And so 50% on average don't know what their graduating major is going to be. Even more than that, if you look further into the numbers, of the 100% of people who start college, only, like I, I want to say, 70% of them actually finish. So we already have a big a big pool of people who don't even finish college, so they don't even need a graduating major because they don't finish. So we've got 30% of the, of the, of the pool not needing a major, and most of them are still paying down student loan debt today. Just a, you know, just a thought. If we knew what our plans were, we wouldn't give up and quit. Fifty uh, percent of them don't know what their major is to start, and then uh, another big portion, I think, fifteen percent of people who do graduate with a major don't even work in that field that they graduated in. My brother's a, a, an example of that uh, that I know personally. You get a college degree in something, and then you don't use it for the job that you're in. Why do we hate our jobs? Well, maybe it's because we don't know what we want to do with our lives. What does it look like biblically? Not what I've just described. In the Bible, it says that God has a plan for us, not to let the devil steal from us, not to let him confuse us on what our future is, but to go to God and pray and ask God what his plans is for our life. And 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each has received a gift... Use it to serve one another as, God's, as good stewards of God's varied grace. Each of us has a gift, the Bible says. What are we supposed to do with our gifts? We're supposed to use it to serve others. So the job that you have biblically should serve others in some way. Now, yes, you are going to receive a paycheck for it. Yes, you will find satisfaction in it. Yes, you're using your gifts and your talents to help others. But if we want to start thinking Christ-like, the jobs that we do on this earth should serve other people. You can serve other people by serving them a sandwich. You can fix their car. You can teach their children. You can, you know, here at the radio station, we can put radio shows on the air for you to listen to in your car. We're serving you. But there are plenty of jobs that don't serve other people. I would contend that my job, my old job at the casino, didn't serve anybody. As far as a, a worldly job perspective, when I worked at the casino, I made great money. I had great benefits. So did a lot of my friends. But what was the heart of our job? Our job was to show up every day and either deal or participate in games that are designed to take money out of your pocket. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> and you get what out of it? You get like... 10 cents on the $100 in rewards so you can go buy a dinner one night. I'm not an advocate of casino. It's got the word sin in it, by the way. I didn't realize that until I got born again. Casa de sin. House of sin. Casino. <laughs> Stay out of there. Ruin my life. It'll ruin others. But who is it serving? Who is my? What casino is serving other people? You would say, well, the tax credit's serve the education and they pay and they pay for schools well i'm sure we can find other ways to make money for schools than allowing these casinos to take close to 30 or 40 million dollars out of our pockets each month here in st louis yeah yeah true true numbers big time numbers they're taking out of our pockets in revenue for those casinos across the state every month who are they serving are they serving us by creating games for us to play for entertainment value 
that take our money away. When I think of entertainment value, I go and I give my money to the theater, and then I watch a movie in this fancy screen and room that they built for me. And at the end, I haven't lost my money. I paid for that service. <laughs> Ooh, it's expensive entertainment over there at the casino. Who are they serving? I don't know. I'm sure there's other positions that we can talk about. I don't want to disparage somebody's job without really putting some thought into it. So I'm not going to get into many more details, but I can talk about my own because I was there. Biblically, we should want to serve others with our jobs. Obviously, the two greatest commandments Christ talked about in the Gospels, to serve God with all our heart and to love others as ourselves. If our jobs are motivated from this position, that we're not at our job simply to make a paycheck for ourselves. Now, yes, that is a result of our jobs, and yes, it's usually the main result and the reason we sign up for the job that we have, but the motivation for working, especially in the body of Christ, should be to serve others. You don't want to get in a job where you're not serving anybody because that's just going to depress you from the get-go. Now, you might say, I have a job that serves other people. I still hate it. Well, that's okay. We're going to get into that a little bit later. If you realize that you're serving other people and, and you sort of can check that box off of your job, we're just sort of going down the list of ways that we can figure out how do we have a job the way the Bible talks about having a job? How do we have a job that we don't hate? How do we find a job that we love? This is the conversation tonight because I want to encourage you know, the 7 out of 10 of you who might be listening tonight talking about how you might be able to find that job that really just satisfies your soul. Romans fifteen thirteen, one of my favorite and most often quoted verses here on the show. May the God of hope overflow you when you put your trust in Christ Jesus with joy and peace. Joy, peace, and hope come from trusting in Christ, trusting in God. And I would say that of the 70% of Americans who hate their job, I'll just ask you, how many of those people do you think, Just, I mean, just a guess, how many of those people do you think consulted God when taking that job, when trying to find what that job was, when searching the one ads, when going to school to get that degree to do that job? How many people do you think really consulted with God and put their trust in him to say, I'll do what you ask of me? Because if you're overflowing, and this is what the verse says, if you trust Christ, your life overflows with joy, peace, and hope. Doesn't mean your job won't be hard. Doesn't mean you won't sweat. Doesn't mean you won't be out in the sun. Doesn't mean you have to not work long hours. Doesn't mean you have bad hours. But you find joy. You find contentment in these times in life. So if you are part of the 70% of Americans, I would just ask you to ask yourself. I don't have to be the judge here. Did you invite God into this conversation? God, where should I work? What should I do for a living? What, am I, what are even my gifts? These are the, some of the questions that will really help us find the job that we love. So when we come back, I'm going to discuss how do we find a job we love. The Bible talks about work. We have to work. We know we have to work. But we don't have to hate our jobs. How do we love it? I'll give you some of that information when we come back. You're listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. Want to 
see behind-the-scenes photos and get the latest news from the show, all you have to do is follow at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get back to the New John Simmons Show. He's on Welcome back to the program, everybody. The new John Simmons show is part of the Testimony House Network. If you would like to be part of our ministry efforts to share the gospel here over the radio airwaves, we're looking for some help. So all you got to do is head over to thenewjohnsimmons.com or newjohnsimmons.com and click on the Be Part of the Network tab. There we have some of our opportunities our ministry opportunities available for you to look at and also to apply for or contact us if you are interested these roles will help you help us continue to share the gospel over the airwaves and also help you develop maybe some new gifts and talents if you hate your job and you maybe you're looking for a new area maybe this could be a way for you to start looking you know seeing if you have a desire for radio or media or some sort of video performance-based gospel ministry, maybe this is a chance for you to get involved. Maybe if you just want to learn how to, you know, radio production work, this could be a position for you. So head over to newjohnsimmons.com, click on the Be Part of the Network tab, and see if we can connect with one another and use our gifts and talents to serve the kingdom together. Talking about why do we hate our jobs tonight? Why do we hate our jobs? Oh, man. I'm sure you have plenty of reasons We've gone over several of them. Anger towards our bosses. Uh, we're just bored. We're, we don't feel like we're being looked at well enough. We're not getting the promotions that we want. We have bad managers. Man, we've all had that people we work for. And I'm not talking about like the boss of the company. I'm talking about like that that supervisor, right? I had I had supervisors at the casino. They they traded like shirts. I must have had hundreds of supervisors over the course of my casino career. And all of them had a different style of management, none of which were necessarily effective in managing. It was a sort of, it was a thankless job. <laughs> and, and the only time they were being thanked was as they were being asked to leave. We thank you for your service. We uh, uh, encourage you on your future endeavors. I remember getting in lots of yelling matches with bosses in my old life in Christ because they wanted me to do things I didn't want to. They asked me to stay late and I didn't want to. They they messed up on the roadmap, which was our way of, you know, getting breaks and our string and the way we made money. And if you were on a bad string, if you were on a bad rotation, you would make less money than other people. And so those sorts of opportunities allows the devil to get in your head and start fighting with other people. Now, I didn't realize the devil was messing with my life that much at the time, but he certainly is. He's God has died and sent his son for us on the cross so that we could have an abundant life. That's what John 10.10 says. But it also says that the devil will try and steal from us. And he stole a half a million dollars from me over 10 years. He'll try and destroy our lives. He he destroyed my... I'm I'm talking from personal experience. And I'm sure if you just look at your own life and look at some of the, the, the pitfalls that may have befell you, whether it's a loss of a relationship or a death or whether it was a loss of a job or whether it was just anger in your heart or just a bad attitude. The devil has showed up in your life. He's destroyed you, at least parts of it. This is what the Bible says is, is happening, but God is 
send his son so that we can have an abundant life. And so I want to help you. I want to encourage you today. You don't have to have a job you hate. I want to encourage you to find a job that you love. We've talked about some of the biblical ways God wants us to work. And I think one of them, and we can share verses about this right now too, is about gifts. Romans 12, 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So I'm going to go over a couple ways that I think that you can find a job you love today. If you're, I mean, not necessarily today, but if you start thinking about these things, if you start really trying to consider, one, you have to recognize, do I hate my job? If you do hate your job, you have to recognize, well, what job would I want if I could work anywhere? Three, am I able to do that job? <laughs> like, realistically, like, I might want to be the star of Dateline and be the next Keith Morrison, but I don't think, realistically, I have a opportunity, my favorite show on TV. I love Keith Morrison. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, he's, he's like the main uh, anchor on Dateline. They do these murder mystery reports where they get the bad guy. Love his, he's got this beautiful voice. They make fun of him on Saturday Night Live every once in a while. Anyway, he's got, uh, not he's got, they have a, a, uh, an app like Google Maps. It's called Waze or Was or something. And Keith Morrison does the voice on one of these uh, Google Drive apps. And I have it on my phone. I love it. It'll be like, turn left or should you? <laughs> uh, that's off topic, but it's, it makes me laugh. So that's my dream job is being the anchor of Dateline. But I can't necessarily have that job, so I have to be more realistic. But I think what the Bible tells us is that we all have gifts. And so if we want to find a job that we love, what do we need to do? We should first try to identify some of our gifts. Gifts from the Bible stem in a bunch of different areas. Our motivational gifts that are found in Romans 12, which is that verse that I shared with you, can be for you to be a giver, a server, a leader, an administrator, an exhorter, a comforter. These are types of gifts, a teacher, perceiver, types of gifts, gifts, these for you to say, types of gifts that allow you to find satisfaction in your job if you're walking in them. Most of us don't know which one of these seven gifts is our primary gift, but it is in us. One of these gifts is inside you. One of these gifts allow you to see the world the way you see it, allow you to do things the way you do them. If you're a giver and someone's in trouble, you're going to be the first person to open up your wallet or your bed in a house or go pick someone up off the side of the road because you, you want to help people. You want to give your time, your talent, or your treasure to someone. If someone's sick in the hospital, a giver's going to show up. A server, if you go to the party and it's time to clean up, a server has the type of you know characteristics in them that's going to pick up the chairs when nobody wants to. This person's going to want to pick up the chairs. Going to want to clean up. Going to want to do the dishes. We all have that, you know, that aunt or that grandma is just like, I'm going to do the dishes. Don't you worry about it. I got all the dishes. That's a servant attitude. An administrator is someone who is not necessarily interested in being the boss, but is interested in helping the boss get things done. So this is a person who's very organized, uh, not necessarily a secretary role, 
but someone who was able to sort of be content in the background. So we all know that leaders have people on their teams. Administrators are going to be like the vice presidents and the managers and the, you know, the people who are really efficient at getting the work done, but not necessarily the people that we've heard of. Administrators are able to see things clearly and be able to get a vision from a leader and be able to effectively put that thing to action. Hey, I, w- I have a vision to go share this this radio show across the country, and administrator is going to come in and say, okay, we need to get on this station. We need to call this person. We need to get support from this area. These are types of gifts, and you have one. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you are patient with people who need to learn something, and you're able to have an attitude of continually to teach someone. I'm learning this with my daughter right now. She's not the best listener, so I have to continue to repeat myself. Now, I'm learning to walk in this gift of being a teacher, doing it every day on the air with you when I share stuff. You have to have patience with people. People don't always hear it the first time. And for our kids, this is the best example. Our kids don't listen. They may not. They may take years to learn how to brush their teeth, to stop saying no, to stop yelling in, <laughs> at the mall. But all of us have a gift inside of us, and the ones who are walking primarily in a certain gift are going to find joy in their lives if they find jobs, practical, real-world jobs, that allow them to walk in one of these gifts. If you're a teacher, you don't necessarily have to be a teacher at a school. You could be, you know, a manager of a business. You could be someone who is a trainer. You can be someone who is helping other people figure out what to do. Counselors, psychiatrists. These these are roles of teacher. Count. You know these 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 ideas that you're helping other people. You're patient to help them. You're a giver, and you work in a place where you're a lot. Not necessarily you're, you have to open up your wallet and pour it out on somebody, but you're able to work in a place like a foundation or to volunteer at places or to be part of a company that does those things. You know, you can go work for money at the Red Cross, right? These are types of jobs. Again, our, our favorite resource to share with everyone is Discovering Your God-Given Gifts by Don and Katie Fortune. These motivational gifts I'm talking about right now will help you find a job that you love. And in this book, you can take a quiz, a 20-question quiz for each gift to sort of recognize what your primary gift is. And also in the book will allow you to sort of see what jobs are often associated with that gift. Realizing that, you know, if you want to be an accountant and your gift matches up with that, that's, you know, that's probably something you should look into, that God's plan for your life is going to use gifts that you already have in you because he's created you. He's designed you, Ephesians 2, to do good works through Christ Jesus. And the good works he wants you to do is not just to find a job that you hate and loathe every day of your life. No, he wants to use you in a way that uses the gifts that he's put inside you where you joyfully go to work every day, even if you don't like the work sometimes or you're having a hard time or you've got some dummies around you, you're able to find contentment through that because how do you find a job you love? You pray and ask God, you use your gifts, and then you realize that no matter what the circumstances are, whether you haven't gotten the promotion or you got skipped over, there's a timing for things, whether you're working at a bad job today on your way to getting towards the good job, Because, okay, look, I realize that my dream job, I have to do X, Y, and Z to get to it, and I need to start at X, and X sucks real bad. It's okay. Let's just get on the horse, and let's figure out 
how maybe we've messed up in our past. Like I lost a ton of money. I was in debt. I have bankruptcy issues that I'm still dealing with from a long time ago in my future. Even though I know Christ now and I know his plans for me now doesn't mean that I don't have to deal with things from my past. So if you're finding God's gifts in your life today and maybe you have to deal with a prison sentence that you, you, you know, served long ago, maybe you have to deal with the divorce or children that are in somewhere else and you can't move and you can't go to where you really want to work. There are issues in people's lives that vary, but God's plan for us is to use our gifts to serve other people and to help the kingdom of heaven share the gospel of Christ through our lives. These are the ways you can find a job you love by doing these things today. I want to thank everybody for listening to the program. Don't forget to head over to the website and also the Apple Podcast Store to catch all of our past episodes, newjohnsimmons.com. You can also find us on Facebook. Watch our videos of the past live streams on YouTube. Just search for the new John Simmons. Until next time, guys, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today. Thanks for listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. To replay this episode or listen to past episodes, look for the new John Simmons Show podcast on your mobile device. Stay connected to the show. Read the latest news, blog posts, and see behind-the-scenes photos by following at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like to learn more about how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life, or join a growing community of people who are finding passion, vision, and faith for their lives, please visit NewJohnSimmons.com. Until next time, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.